0: Good morning, y'all. It's such a blessing to be in this space with you, and thank you for all the ways you've already poured so much into me, through your prayer, through your presence. I give thanks. I want to begin today by situating our scripture. Our passage today comes from Matthew 3, 13-17, and tells the story of Jesus' baptism. As I read these words, I invite you to remember your baptism remember those who vowed to raise you in the church who were an example of god's love in your life remember that through our baptisms we joined the ancient church and the many church fathers and mothers that have come before us remember that jesus's presence among us ended the separation between human and divine and that through our baptism we embrace the role of god's children as i read this word of god i invite you to remember your baptism then jesus came from galilee to john at the jordan to be baptized by him john would have prevented him saying i need to be baptized by you and do you come to me but jesus answered him let it be so now for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness then he consented
1: and when Jesus had been
0: baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw God's spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from the heavens said, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Greek word for beloved, tos means dearly loved one the object of special affection and a special relationship worthy of love this sweet speech week is beloved through our baptism we are named with jesus as god's beloved but how does this translate into our lives i want us to consider what it means to be loved to receive love do we take love at face value do we accept ourselves as God's beloved in my own life I can find it difficult to accept love just ask my family I know that they love me so much enough to drive two hours round trip just to have lunch with me but I also find it easy to sometimes doubt love during the shelter in place phase of the pandemic I learned how to cook there were certainly mishaps along the way there was one memorable evening where I actually cried over vegetarian meatballs. <laughs> Eventually, I grew confident enough to cook for my family. I carefully made a recipe. I selected the veggies and cut them. I made the noodles. I even cooked meat for my meat-eating family. Um, and as we ate together, they offered many words, as, words of praise and comfort. Uh, but I doubted each one. And i really don't know why i mean i've literally seen my brother spit out a piece of tofu that i've made before (laughs) but i still doubted them i still doubted their words my insecurities overrode the truth i knew that my family would be love me enough to be honest with me doubt and insecurities can often play into the narratives we tell ourselves these narratives often compete with each other saying we are not good enough not deserving of something we also have to contend with the societal narratives that indoctrinate us every day the narratives of homophobia white supremacy ageism sexism ableism fat phobia today i invite us to consider a way in which to fight these narratives to prevent the doubt and insecurities from creeping in let us reflect on self-love love I mean something a little bit different than the self-care movement of face masks and napping and ice cream. All of which are very important in my own life. I imagine yours too. But I mean loving oneself so completely that the narratives do not stand a chance. Recognizing that we are worthy of so much love. This journey of self-love begins with God's love for us. The recognition that we are God's beloved, and that God is pleased with us. Let us begin, though, by recognizing that Christian culture does not always teach us that we are beloved. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we are taught that sin separates us from God, that it makes us unworthy of God's love. This is not true. There is not a moment in which God does not love you. Let us remember the words of Psalm 139. The words which Reverend Boa shared not only with us in the prayer but a few weeks ago. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. These verses remind us. There is nothing we can do that God does not know. Nothing we can do to make God not love us. There is nothing that makes us unworthy of love. Psalm 139 continues by the psalmist saying that God formed our innermost parts, literally knitting us together. Not only does God know every part of us, but God also created us. Genesis tells us that we are made in the image of God. And then not only are we blessed by god but god is pleased and sees our image as good in the passage we read this morning i hear an echo of this creation story similar to god ordaining creation as good god names the beloved as pleasing Mm -hmm. the word pleasing can also be translated as delight and i find this an important reminder in my own life it reminds us that not only are we worthy of love but there is so much joy, goodness, and delight in God's love for us. Mm -hmm. Our creation and identities are something to be celebrated, to remember that we are the beautiful beloved children of God. Mm -hmm. This delight and joy is certainly something I see at CERT every week this summer. We are so joyful in all that we do, especially the way in which we worship together each week. When we let that down, I think we fail to acknowledge the ways in which God made us. I have often struggled with this, particularly with my own call story. As a candidate for ministry, I have to tell my call story to many, many different committees (laughs) at every level of the United Methodist Church. Many people define call stories as a moment in which God spoke to them in a particular way. It might be a verse standing out, a vision or God's voice booming down from the sky. My moment was just a tad bit different. It came on a Sunday morning during a worship service during my first year of college. I was sitting at church, zoning out during the sermon, we all do it, (laughs) thinking about what my future career should be. I came into college thinking I wanted to go into politics or law, before quickly realizing that I'm not confrontational and that this might not be using my best skills as i sat in that worship service i looked around at that church i was in and began to recognize the many united methodist communities that had shaped me that have guided me that had shown me god's love i then started a pros and cons list of ministry thinking about what my gifts were and how i could best serve the church It was a pretty analytical moment, one might say. Um, And I struggled to tell this to people. It was felt devoid of spirituality. To be clear, there was no voice booming at me from the sky, or some miraculous moment to define this call. But Psalm 139 helped change how I thought of my call story. It reminded me that God made me god made me an analyzer who will consider many scenarios before i finally act on one while there was no gloomy voice for me god was still very much present in that moment because god made me who i am, who am i to doubt god's work in that moment to do so limits god's power it refuses to acknowledge that god works in so many ways that we can never comprehend instead of embracing how god made me i saw myself as flawed and unworthy of my call but by rooting myself in psalm 139 and recognizing that i am made in the image of god this allowed me to love myself as i am this is what self-love is recognizing how one's belovedness in god allows us to love our whole selves and to be kind to ourselves our society so often tells us that we have to succeed in everything that we do that we have to be the best parent sibling child that we have to devote ourselves to work or that our voice and life don't matter when we don't meet certain checkpoints that society tells us makes us happy and healthy we work so hard in all that we do only to criticize ourselves when we fail a recent TikTok trend and yes, I wouldn't be the Gen Z in turn unless I brought up TikTok. <laughs> yeah, begins yeah, yeah. by doing the <laughs> themselves as they are now, with a caption, being mean to myself, and then realizing that I'm talking about her, him, them, before showing pictures of themselves as a child. Oh. Y'all, we would never tell our younger selves some of the things we tell ourselves now. I want us to consider how we would talk to our child about ourselves. The words of love, encouragement, and comfort we might share. And apply that to ourselves in our current moment. Remember at any age, we are always the children of God. And that our parent God would not want us to talk to God's children in such a way. Humility is another way of In which we can better learn to self-love now you might think humility allows for more self-criticism or devaluing oneself but i want to offer up another way in which to approach humility steph curry the recent mvp of the nba finals and a 2022 davidson (laughs) college grad (laughs) defines humility (laughs) as not thinking less of oneself but thinking about oneself less When we say that we do not deserve something or say that we are not good at something we are thinking less of ourselves curry's definition of humility allows us to pivot to not devalue ourselves but to recognize others value as well when we only rely on ourselves or push past our limits or do not ask for help we place ourselves on a pedestal I know this all too well as a young woman in ministry and an enneagram too i'm always trying to prove something to myself and others to be a minister sometimes i believe that i must do and be the best at everything that i must play every role of the pastor perfectly say the perfect words to someone grieving preaching the sermon that will change someone's life giving everything i have to everything i do In my attempt to follow a career based on service and humility, I end up thinking that I can do the impossible, or that I'm the only one who can do it. Recognizing the image of God in ourselves can also mean recognizing that we aren't God, that we are human, but also that we are not human in isolation. There are others, including God, who are willing to share a burden, this is what rooting ourselves in god's beloved belovedness can also mean we are not lesser for recognizing that we cannot do it all self-love can even uh, lead us to better serve each other at the end of every rupaul's drag race episode rupaul being one of the most famous drag queens of all time rupaul ends with this statement if you can't love yourself how are you ever going to love anyone else. If we are not confident in our worthiness of God's love, confident in our gifts, aware of our limits, how can we serve this community? This week, I want this to be our mantra. Say it in the carpool line, in the shower, when you work out, as you make dinner, wherever you need it. I am a beloved child of God. God delights in me. I am worthy of love. Let me love myself so that I may love others. Let's turn to God in prayer. Creator God, thank you. Thank you for making each and every person in this room and online. We are good and pleasing and beloved. Let us delight in creation by celebrating the incredible gifts you have given us. Help us to remember that we cannot do it all and that is okay help us to know that we are worthy of your love in your holy name we pray amen